0: coming up now and established in the faith the cross is thrown around jesus is mentioned but it's just window dressing when the church only talks about the love and the grace of god but ignores the sin issue you are no different than jeroboam of old who offered up a sacrifice to the gold calves You have your Bibles this morning, turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 3, the first verse, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 1, Now Jehoram the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years, and he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord. But not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin and departed not therefrom. And I want to continue with the message we started last week, working evil in the sight of the Lord. Where did evil come from? Why is it so prevalent in the world today? And why isn't God doing something about it? Three questions. First question. All evil came from Satan, who was Lucifer in the very beginning. Ezekiel chapter 28 Tells us that Lucifer became Satan after he rebelled against God. Ezekiel 28, verse 15: Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. The foundation of iniquity, the foundation of wickedness, the foundation of evil can be traced back. It originated with Lucifer. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Isaiah 14 gives us a little more information on this. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? All evil began with Lucifer, who became Satan when he led his rebellion against God. So why is evil so prevalent in the world today? Question number two. When God created man, he gave man dominion over this world. Previously, Lucifer was in charge. Lucifer had dominion over this world. He had a throne. I just read it to you. I will exalt my throne. And he led his rebellion against God, and he lost that dominion. But now God has placed man in charge. And Satan wanted his throne back. So what did he do? He tempted Adam and Eve to partake of a tree that God told them not to partake of. And when they partook of that tree, Adam forfeited his dominion over to Satan. Adam sinned against God. And sinned is what gives Satan the legal right to do all that he does in this world, which is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now question number three, why has God allowed it? Why doesn't God do something about it? A lot of intelligent people down through the many centuries have had all kind of thoughts on this. Even the Apostle Paul called it a mystery. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity. The mystery, it's a mystery. He didn't understand it either. He said the mystery of iniquity doth already Work. Why hasn't God done something about it? We don't understand why it's it's in the world, but God has the power to do anything. Why hasn't he addressed this issue? I submit to you today that God has. God has done all that he can do as it regards evil in this world. Satan has a legal right to do what he does because of sin, And God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, born of a virgin Mary. He did not have a sin nature. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross to pay man's sin debt. With the sin debt paid, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come in a new way. To actually come inside the hearts and lives of the believer. And the first thing the Holy Spirit does when He comes into your life by invitation, He binds up the sin nature, which is the evil in your heart, that which causes you to do evil, to rebel against God. He binds up that sin nature, and then the Holy Spirit wants to rule and reign in your heart and life. It's all done by faith faith in Christ who he is, the Son of God, and what he did at Calvary. Faith is the only thing that will work. Faith is the only thing that will loose the Holy Spirit into your life and bring about this miraculous work of God. But sadly and regrettably, much of this world does not believe. They don't believe it. There are many out there who have heard it, But they've made the choice. They want their sin more than they want to be delivered from the sin. And because of their free will of choice, and so many people in the world who choose sin over the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan has the legal right to do what he does. That's why evil is still prevalent in the world today, and that's why God has allowed it, because man wants to sin. Can you imagine if much of this world would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ? What this world would be like? Have you ever thought about it? What a wonderful place it would be. You wouldn't need as many police officers. You wouldn't have to have a lot of the stupid rules that we have and regulations that we have today. Because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is the one that causes you to do right and live right. The reason we got a lot of stupid laws today is because people want to do evil, and there's a rule here that says they can't do it, so they find a way to go around it. So then the government tries to make another law to keep you from going around that way, and then they make another law to keep you from going around the other way. Now they're making laws today to ban gas stoves, medications out there that can help people. A lot of people want to misuse it, so laws and regulations have to be made, and people that really need the medication can't get it now because you've got so many evil, wicked, ungodly people in the world that want to use that medication for something else that was not intended to be. Are you getting this? But what a wonderful world this would be if everyone would accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and let the Holy Spirit rule and reign. In their hearts and lives. But God has ordained an organization called the church to hold back and to hinder evil. It's not the government, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to hold back evil, and especially the government we got running the country right now, because they're just as evil, wicked, and ungodly as the devil himself. God has ordained the church to hold back evil, to hinder evil. Paul said, Second Thessalonians 2, verse 7, The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, the church, who now letteth or who now hinders, will let or will hinder until he be taken out of the way. Taken out of the way is the rapture of the church. But how does the church hinder evil? How do we stop evil? The government can't do it. So how does the church do it? We do it by preaching and supporting the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we have drifted so far from the gospel, we don't even know what it is anymore. There is so much out there today that goes under the guise of Christian and is called gospel gospel. If it's not Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life, died on Calvary, rose from the dead the third day, and is now seated by the right hand of the Father, and only by faith can you accept that and be saved, and He's the only way, by the way, and He died for your sins, all of that is addressed. That's the gospel. I have given to you within the past 45 seconds the gospel of Jesus Christ. If the church is not preaching that, if the church is not supporting that, then whatever the church is doing and supporting is evil in the eyes of the Lord. Jehoram, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 1. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord. The evil that is spoken of here is fidelity to a false god, to a false way. It's the sin of idolatry. When we think of idolatry, we think of someone who bows down before some image of wood or gold, Metal, clay, something that's been made by the hands of man. They bow down before this thing and they worship it as God. And we look at ourselves and we congratulate ourselves because we are so spiritually enlightened that we don't do that today. But are we really? Anything that comes between you and God is an idol anything that can be a hobby that can be relationships a man a woman boyfriend girlfriend that could be children it could be your job house car the list goes on and on if you spend more time with this over here whatever this over here may be the things i've just mentioned and countless others if you spend more time in that than you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Chances are that things an idol. Idolatry. The church today claims fidelity to the Lord Jesus Christ. However when we ignore the cross. Because it might offend somebody. And we cleave to other things to meet our needs. Or meet the needs of others. Folks. Folks. We're working evil in the eyes of the Lord. We're no different than Jehoram of old. The Bible says, Second Kings 3, verse 3, that Jehoram cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. When the kingdom was divided under Rehoboam, Most of Israel chose Jeroboam to be their king. Ten tribes. Every year, all of Israel was to go up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast days and the Passover. The Bible says in 1 Kings 12, verse 26, that Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. For this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then shall the heart of the people turn again to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me. So he had to do something to save himself. Folks, a lot of churches are in trouble today because attendance is down. Not a lot of people going to church anymore. So the church has to do something to get more people in. Jeroboam felt like he had to do something. What did he do? 1 Kings 12, verse 28. Whereupon the king took counsel. The man took counseling. But it was not the counsel of God. The whole church world today has gone agog over counseling. We traded the mourner's bench for the counselor's couch. Counseling is fine when it's godly counseling as found in the Word of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the counseling today comes from Freud, Maslow, and Rogers, men who made no pretense at all of living for God. See, the Bible warns about wisdom that's of men. In James 3.15, the Bible warns about wisdom that's not from above, that is, earthly, sensual, and devilish. But there's nothing wrong with counseling as long as it's godly counseling. Matter of fact, there are 137 references in the Bible that talks about good godly counseling. And one of those is found in Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And yet today a lot of churches won't hire a pastor unless he has had the counseling of the ungodly. Freud, Maslow, and Rogers, the the founders of modern-day psychology, who made no pretense at all of living for God. You think of that. But let me tell you something today. If you want good godly counseling... The Lord Jesus Christ is the one you need to talk to. He told the church at Laodicea, Revelation 3, verse 18, I counsel thee. He's the counselor. What was his counsel to that church? He said, to buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire. That gold tried in the fire referred to his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Paying man's sin debt. He said, to buy of me. Brother James, I thought salvation was free. It is free. But the only currency that will spend in God's economy is faith. You have to place your faith in what Jesus did. That's the only currency that will spend in God's economy. And faith is the one thing that every single human being has. You know, what if God said, brother, you can be saved if you give me 15 push-ups a day. Now, some of you would say, oh, brother James, that ain't no problem. Others of you may have some issues with that. If you do 20 jumping jacks a day, you can be saved. Well, somebody's going to be left out because there's some people out there that are not fortunate enough to have legs. For a dollar... You can be saved. There's some people out there that don't have a dollar. God used the one thing that every single human being has, and that's faith. And faith is the only currency. Jesus said his first counseling was, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. you got to be saved. you got to place your faith in Christ, who he is and what he did. He's the counselor. He said in Isaiah 1 and verse 8, come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord of hosts. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jeroboam First Kings 12 verse 28. He made two calves of gold. And he said to them, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Verse 32, he ordained a feast like unto the feast that is in Judah. Jeroboam did not introduce a new God. Ahab and Jezebel introduced Israel to Baal, Baal worship. But Jeroboam did not introduce a new God. He just took the old worship worship. And made it fit the circumstances of that day. Now did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. He took the old worship and made it fit the circumstances of that day. And the modern church is doing the exact same thing today. We want to take the old worship and use it to fit the needs of the day. And what is the need of the day? Got to have more people. So what do we do? We find out what the people want. And we do whatever we have to do to get them in the door. Butts in the pews. That's one motto of the church. Butts in the pew. Whatever it takes to get them in the door. Once we get them in the door, Brother James, we can give them the gospel. Really? I submit to you today, when you do whatever you have to do to get people in, you've compromised the gospel. The gospel that you're preaching is not a God-centered gospel. It is a man-centered gospel. And the worship that's going on in that church is more of an entertainment for men than it is a true worship for God. And such is working evil in the eyes of the Lord. Are you hearing me? He offered upon the altar, the Bible says, 1 Kings 12, verse 32. He offered upon the altar, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. What he did had all the outward trappings of the old worship. The problem is, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament dealt with sin the whole idea of bringing an offering and offering it up was because i've sinned against the lord and you'd bring that offering looking forward to christ who was to come and die on calvary for your sins they didn't know all of that they didn't understand all that but by faith they would bring a lamb and offer it up but this new style of worship this new style of worship it looked like god But all it did was appeal to the people. How much is going on in churches today that appeals to the people more than it appeals to God? Are you getting me? Are you following me? The cross is thrown around, Jesus is mentioned, but it's just window dressing. When the church only talks about the love and the grace of God but ignores the sin issues. You are no different than Jeroboam of old who offered up a sacrifice to the gold calves. What's the gold calves? Getting butts in the pew. Pleasing people. Trying to get the budget of the church up so that we can keep functioning. Let me tell you this. If you're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, you need to go broke. You need to close the doors. You need to lock it down. Put some watermelons out front and sell watermelons. That's about all the good you're going to do. The Bible says that he departed not therefrom. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, that in the last days people would have a form of godliness, but denying the power. Thereof and from such turn away. If the church you're going to is not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, then you are participating in that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord, and you need to turn away from such.